Good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to this morning's service, uh, which is led by David Evans this morning. Um, I have one extra notice this morning. Just an apology for changing the times of Mr. Ross's funeral. Um, the ones that are correct are in the note, this morning's notices, which is 12 noon at Woodland Burial Site and 1pm here for a celebration service. All are welcome at both places. Um, You want to say a bit now? Yeah. Just going to get. <laughs> um, during lockdown and beyond, um, Karen was sending out um, service booklets to people um, called a month of Sundays. And I wondered if, if you were one of the people who used to take them out and deliver them to people. Could you see me or Linda Trafford after the service, please? These are the, the, the month of Sundays. There's four services, five services, um, and I think she used to include things like um, the pastoral letter um, and probably some notices, and they were in, in brown envelopes addressed to people. Thank you. Just have the prayer. When evil darkens our world, give us light. When despair numbs our soul, give us hope. When we stumble and fall, lift us up. When doubts assail us, give us faith. When nothing seems sure, give us trust. When ideas fail, give us vision. When we lose our way, be our guide that we might find serenity in your presence and purpose in, your, in doing your will. All these we ask in your name. Amen. And if I can ask the Roscoe's to come down, they're just going to light the can, Advent candles one and two for us, please. Thank you. Susan. This Advent journey is a busy one. So much to do and sort out. The list seems endless. Today we pause on our journey, stepping aside from all the distractions of Christmas preparation and focusing on one who is the centre at our worship. We light our candles remaining 
reminding us to trust in Jesus and find in him our hope, the light of the world. Loving God, be with us on our Advent journey as we journey to the stable to welcome the Christ child. May we also journey into a deeper relationship with you. Be with us each step of the way. Amen. here because I've no microphone at the moment. (laughs) As we're on this journey to uh, Christmas, this journey of Advent, we are going to uh, begin our worship together now as we sing uh, one of those well-known Advent hymns, Long Ago, Prophet New.
Just before we join in these prayers, I'm going to read just a few verses from Psalm 138. A psalm which to me is one that speaks very clearly of the praise of God in our lives. The first three verses of Psalm 138. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down towards your holy temple and will praise your holy name for your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. And so now let us pray. Lord God, as we come on this journey to Christmas, we come to praise you, Lord God of Israel and all the nations. We come to you who sets your people free. We come to you who guides us into the way of peace. We come to you as we journey through Advent. And prepare to welcome once again the Christ child. Advent God, you prepared your people for your coming. You gave your word to us through prophets and priests. Through stories told and retold. Through the history of time, through the written word, through your spoken word. But always through your word. As Christmas lights begin to dazzle. We know that your glory is way beyond all power. Advent God, we adore you. And we bring ourselves before you just as we are. Your people in this, your house. Amen. And together let us join in saying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. I'm a bit constrained to where I stand at the moment because although the, the red light is on on here, it's got no sign of working at all. But uh, if Susan just brings up the, the, the offering, we'll uh, uh, re- receive our offering. Gracious Father God, we come with these, our gifts of money whether we put them in the plate or send them directly to the bank, we thank you for the opportunity and privilege we have to give to you. Take what we give and take what we are and use us for your work. Amen. How many signs 
did you see coming here this morning? I walked just across the road, as many of you know, and uh, we've made work now. And so in the uh, just walking across the road, I do that journey quite often. And so you can see as we journey, we see various signs. And on the way here, I've seen a few signs. And as we prepare ourselves for Christmas again, we're looking at signs. And I don't know whether anybody who's perhaps sat at the back busily beavering away doing things, might, might know about any signs that they might have seen on the way. But they can, they can listen to the signs that I see. I came along the road, and the first sign that I noticed coming across the road was a big red circle, or red at the edges, with a number in the middle of it, in black, in, in white. And that number said 30. So, probably something older people should know what that means. Oh, Seren knows what that means. How fast your car can go. Yes. So, I was walking, so it wasn't relevant for my car. But that, those red circles, or red edges on the circles, are instructions. Things that you have to do, I think. It's a long time since I read the highway code. <laughs> but that sort of sign is an instruction sign, 30. That's what you have to do. If I'd been looking the other way on our street, I think there is a sign that has like a T with a, a, a red bit on the, cross, on the, on the top, which is, shows that it's a dead end. You don't want to go that way. Oh, Sorendo's what that is as well. <laughs> a dead end, yes. Yes, that we've got a, we've got a dead end. Well, very often we don't like going down dead ends, do we? We find we don't get anywhere if we go down a dead end, but walking down our street, you could get out at the bottom if you're on foot, because there's a footpath down there. So sometimes in our lives, as we're looking at these signs, we might see something that discourages us from going that way or puts us off going that way, but we might find something at the end that we want, something at the end that is more useful for us, something at the end where it ends up a better route in the end. So, as we're in this second Sunday of Advent, we're here on this journey. This journey that is one where we see signs of all sorts of stuff happening in the world. Signs of where we're going and what is coming and what we can see in the future. So, we're preparing ourselves for that journey. The children have some things that they're going to be able to do at the back. And if anybody else wants to go and join them, I'm sure they'll be happy. But uh, uh, 
I do have some things to, to say, and I hope you will listen to me. But now we're going to sing again. I'll have to go back up here and where I was remember what we're going to sing now. That we're going to sing the uh, number 182 on Jordan's bank, the Baptist cry announces that the Lord is nigh. Number 182. Now Susan's going to read for us our two readings. The first reading is from Malachi, <clears throat> chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. See, I will send my messenger, who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you, you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For all will be like a refiner's, refiner's fire or a launderer's soap, he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. 
He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord in the days gone by as in former years. And the second reading is Luke chapter 3, verses 1 to 6, entitled, John the Baptist Prepares the Way. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip Tetrarch of Iteria, Ituria and Traconchis and Lysanthus, Tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Cephas, and the word of God came to John, son of Zachariah, in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As as he is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. Amen. Thank you, Susan. I always wonder when the set readings have these very strange names that we're not very used to, that we... Uh, we can find it quite hard to see where they are. But what the, uh, what the gospel writer there is telling us about is how wide and how great the empire was at that time, what there was that needed the salvation of Jesus. And now we're going to sing uh, uh, the hymn number 183. Uh, Ron and I have had some communication about this hymn, and although... Perhaps the, the words are not known to us, the, uh, the tune will be. It's praise to the God who clears the way, preparing room and space for power and pride will lose their sway as peace comes in their place. Number 183.
If I had a title for my thoughts for today, it was probably something like Jesus for All. But here we are on the second Sunday in Advent. The second Sunday of this time when we look to prepare ourselves for Christmas. And are we ready? And if you are ready, what are you ready for? What are you expecting of this Advent season? What are we expecting of the celebration of the birth of Jesus in 2021? So there we have a couple of questions for us to think about. Are we ready? And what are we ready for? Those two readings that we heard this morning were two of the set readings for this Sunday in Advent. And that first reading came from this book of the uh, minor prophets, Malachi. Very short book, as Susan was telling me before the service, that sort of gets lost towards the end of the Old Testament. And when I was looking at what we were going to think about this morning, I did a little reading about Malachi, and I was either reminded or told something that I never knew, that Malachi is probably not a person's name. We think of these minor prophets as the people who gave a message. But Malachi, I found out, is just a a transliteration of a word in Hebrew that means my messenger. My messenger. One who brings a story, a word. In this case, bringing the word of God. Bringing the word of God to the people of that time. And in a way, bringing the word of God to us today. What do we know about Malachi? Nothing. The author is unknown. It's just this message for us from God. It's the last of these 12 books of the Old Testament known as the Minor Prophets. But there is nothing very minor or little or insignificant or irrelevant about that message which he's giving to us. Malachi brings us a huge message, something very great and something very powerful. He brings us that message that at this time of year we think about very often when the prophet says, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. At this time of Advent, this time of coming, this time of preparation, we hear the message and we're drawn to think again about John. John the Baptist, who was sent to prepare the way. 
And so as we prepare for Christmas, we think of all those things that we need to get ready and all those things that perhaps stand in our way of getting ready. We don't feel in the mood. We don't feel like we have that childlike excitement that perhaps we enjoyed in the past. We feel perhaps that the past two years have been so strange and unusual that Christmas is not something that we're looking forward to. We don't know what to expect. There are so many obstacles perhaps in the way of how we come to Christmas. Perhaps we see those signs that are limiting our speed. Perhaps we see those signs which are showing to us that this might be a dead end, that this might not be the way to go. We might see those red signs that are those signs of danger, of warning. Those brown signs that we see, that perhaps those signs of attractions and things that we might want to do. Those yellow signs that come up every now and again to say things like, there's something different here on the way, something unusual. What signs do we see as we move towards Christmas? John the Baptist was there sent as a sign, a signpost pointing the way to Jesus, laying the foundations, making the paths visible. We can think of all kinds of images of what John did, of who John was. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I've been walking in the past, you'll go somewhere and there will be a sign saying public footpath this way. And you'll climb over a stile or go through a gate. And at the start of this path, it's very obvious where you've to go. But then when you've gone a little way along that path, it disappears. And you think, do I go this way or do I go that way? It's very muddy that way, so perhaps lots of people have gone that way before, but I don't really want to go in that mud, so I'll go this way instead. And then you might end up at the top of a cliff or in somewhere even worse. We have all these times when things come in our way. John was there signposting the way for Jesus, the way to Jesus, In Malachi, we saw, we heard, and we experienced something of the vision. Something of that vision of a messenger being sent. And often, that is where we leave what we're thinking about John the Baptist. But the writer of Malachi continued with some words some hard words, some words that perhaps are difficult for us to follow. Who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? And why might this be a problem? Why might this be difficult for us? 
because John was making a promise, Malachi was making a promise that the one who was to come was to make everything pure, to make everything clean, to make everything bright. For those of us who are a bit older, you might remember the the advert for the future's bright, the future's orange. But this is not that sort of promise. It's a promise from God. The promise from God that everything will be clean and new. Everything can be at one with God. We can be at one with God. And so that leads me to an image. And I think Luke has this image for us to look at. No, was no image. Never mind, we'll not have an image. But before, uh, when, when Seren was reading at the beginning, you might have noticed that she was sort of a little bit down here. But you couldn't see her. But if I was here, I'm a long way up. Over there we have a box a box that we might have the image in a minute, we might have the image, that we have a picture of people. Yes, we have an image. Two, two images there that I'll explain to you, the, the, these images that we can look at. Three people trying to watch a game over a fence. In the image on the left, we have those three people Each stood on a box. Equality, maybe. Oh, the image has gone away. Equality, maybe, as we have all been fair and level playing. They all have a box. But does it do them any good? Probably not. The the man who is quite tall can see over the wall very easily. The middle-sized person in the middle, this image doesn't like staying there, never mind. <laughs> the person in the middle is on, standing on the box, he's just tall enough to see over that fence. But the smallest one is still too small, still unable to see over that wall and can only look, perhaps, I think he's looking through a knothole in the fence, little bit that he can see. We might say that that's equality. We might say that this is fair because they've all been given the same. But it doesn't work. In the other image, we have the tallest man standing on the floor. He can still see over the fence. The middle-sized person in the middle, he is standing on his one box and can just see over the fence. And the smallest one, standing on the two boxes, can then see over the fence. We can probably give up with this image now. It doesn't want to stay there for us. But there we have these two images. We might think of equality, everybody being given the same. But if we look at equity, and it being made fair for all, That is not a case of necessarily everybody being given the same. Equality or fairness. Each has a box on which they can stand. Everything is equal. 
they have their equality, but do they enjoy the equity of where they are? Something which is for them truly fair. There is a difference. And Jesus is part of that difference that comes to us. Making the world fair in what we do, in what we are. We can hear very often about things being given to people. Let's give everybody the same. But in giving everybody the same, it doesn't necessarily give everybody the same opportunities in life. It depends where they come from. It depends where they are. It depends what they need. There is a difference. There is a difference in what they do, in what we do. A difference in what we are. It's not fair. It's not fair. How often do we hear that saying? I know that uh, my mother used to say to me, if I was saying, it's not fair, Andrew can do this, my, Andrew, my brother, can do this or that or the other. I'm sure we've all said or thought that about something in our lives, that it's not fair. Jesus comes to make things fair for us, makes things fair for the world. As we begin this journey through Advent, as we begin our thoughts about Christmas, we are led to think about how John prepared the way for Jesus. How John prepared the way for one who is to come to make the world a place for all. Each person in that, bo- in that picture being given a box might seem fair. But does it make it fair when one still can't see? We often talk about a just distribution of resources and giving everybody the same might seem fair. But what if they don't need it? We don't always need the same to make things fair. John was the one preparing the way for Jesus. And we hear that he went into all the country around Jordan, baptizing people as a sign of repentance and letting everyone know that Jesus is for all people. Not just the rich, not just the powerful, Not just for the Jews, but for all, for us, for you and me. Not just for people a long time ago in history, but for us today in 2021. For you and for me. Earlier I was speaking about those signs. Signs telling us about how to behave where to go, where not to go, where was best, where is worst. A sign might tell us that the road ahead is bumpy. But I've never seen a sign that's telling me that the road ahead is smooth and easy. If you're on a journey somewhere, you don't come across a sign 
well, I suppose perhaps you might do. If you're going down the M6 and you get to the M6 toll road, sometimes it will say, M6 toll clear, M6 long delay. That might be the nearest thing you get to a sign telling you that the road ahead is smooth or one option of the road ahead is smooth. But for us, Jesus is a sign that everyone, regardless of who we are or what we do, we are all equal in the sight of God. And all people will see God's salvation. All people will see God's salvation. Amen. And now we join again in our our prayers. Our prayers now as we pray for the world and for ourselves. Let us pray. As we have lit candles to celebrate Advent, and as we have reflected on your words, so, Lord God, our thoughts turn now beyond our needs, beyond our pains, to those of your children whose cries and anguish trouble and disturb us. News seems to surround us, piling one tragedy on top of another. The world seems a hard place, and our tears are for those whose pain is etched deeply within their being. For those cast out of their own lands, cast adrift from family and friends, thrown into the arms of strangers, some of whom are caring, and some of whom are not. We pray for those who trudge through strange lands, looking for guidance, with hope for a better future, straddling borders, hoping for those who have nothing but what they stand up in and walk with, for those who risk life and limb in fragile boats, seeking escape from poverty and tragedy, but so often finding both and left seeking safety, welcome warmth and security. We pray for the homeless nearer to home who have no walls to shelter them, no place to cocoon them, no safety to protect them, no warmth from the winter weather, no family to support them and little hope for a settled future. We pray for those who live with hunger not just of the spirit, but of the body. For those families who can't manage proper meals and nutrition, who eke out the pennies the best they can. For those who have the courage to seek food bank help. And for those who greet and meet them when they stretch out for the food that is given. We pray for those who are cold and hungry. Not just of body, because they can't afford the heating and food, but cold of friendship and the warmth of love. We pray too for those affected by the current situation in which we live. For those for whom COVID 
has deprived them of health and well-being in the short and in the longer term. For those who have seen family and friends lose their battles for life and who have not been near at the time. For those who are separated by miles, by country, by continent, who have missed so much of the growing up and the growing old. We pray for those who are fearful of the vaccines, those unable to have the vaccines, those who cannot have the vaccines, those who develop and deliver these vaccines which are helping to make the world a better place. But even as we have endured these last months, we remember those countries at war with one another, those countries at war with themselves, where peace is but a distant memory and a very distant prospect. We pray for those who keep the candle of hope burning, believing that in the end peace will prevail. And we pray for ourselves. You know our needs, our hopes, our fears. You know where we are and where we're going. We pray, Lord God, for those signs which will direct us to the place where you want us to be. We pray that we may hear those words that you want us to hear and see those things that you want us to see. For we lay ourselves open to you. Take all that we are. Take all that we ask. For we ask these, our prayers, in Jesus' name. Amen. And now we draw our service to a close as we sing the hymn number 503, or again, it's up on the screen, number 503, Love Divine, All Love's Excelling, Joy of Heaven to Earth Come Down, Fix in Us Thy Humble Dwelling, All Thy mercy, Faithful Mercies Crown, Jesus, Thou Art All Compassion, Pure Unbounded Love Thou Art, Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. For him, love divine.
I nearly forgot what our young people have been doing at, at the back. Um, I don't know whether you probably don't want to tell us what you've been doing, do you? No. You're, you're, all, you're all too shy. Yeah. Yeah, so, so on, on the one that uh, Ava's got here, um, that, that Violet's made the Christmas tree but hasn't written anything on it yet, but uh, Ava's got eternal, wonderful, everlasting, mighty God, Father God on her, and uh, Arush has got a lot, Prince of Peace, God of All, wonderful, what's the one at the top? Amazing. Yeah, so we've got lots of words about God there. And we have some little ornaments that we've got a star, we're star and Violet's got a camel, I think. A reindeer. A ra- a reindeer. <laughs> and uh, we've got a, a star and an angel and Ava's got a snowflake and a bauble and uh, a reindeer and a, an angel, is it? Yeah. So lo- lots of things to be making, showing us that God is for all. But God has all kinds of different names of how we call God. So, thank you very much. And now, if we join together in a minute, have a round of applause for our children. (laughs) And we'll just join in saying the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.